Hello, nerds. Welcome back to Batman University. Uh, I'm Tony Sindelar, your friend, here to talk about Batman. And with me, uh, a new uh, scholar uh, showing up at Batman University. Uh, you might recognize him from his tech journalism and his appearance on uh, many incomparable shows and possibly even his new novel. Uh, I've known him for way, way too long. It's my buddy, Dan Morin. Hi, Dan. Uh, hi, Tony. I'm, I'm really looking forward to the tenure track of batman university i've got a good feeling about this you know we would like to offer that but currently the financial situation at batman university is well it's tenuous so uh we don't have a tenure track we have a tenuous track uh i hope that's just <laughs> you should good. look into an endowment from bruce wayne i hear he's he's big on that he's also fictional that's how they get you dan that's what? how they get you <laughs> son of a well, uh, our listeners, uh, hopefully if you listen to a couple episodes of Batman University this season, you know that we have expanded the scope a little bit. Uh, I've, we covered a lot of Batman animated series episodes last uh, summer, and with the incomparable episode that led into Batman animated, uh, ba the Batman University podcast. So I've opened things up to other Batman-related properties, and we've there's been a, a Brave and the Bold episode and some Justice League, and there's more things coming. And this, Dan, this can't be right. This says that you want us to watch uh, Superman? That can't be right. Yeah, I I know that seems it seems like an error, but but bear with me. Wait a minute, because this says you want us to watch three episodes of Superman. But when you think about it, it's only like an hour, okay, out of your life, which is pretty reasonable. I mean, it's not like watching, say, like two horrible feature films that are much longer entirely about Batman, right? All right. Well, I've watched a lot of Batman-related media this week, so I'll forgive you. Uh, so we watched, in preparation for this podcast, World's Finest, which is a three-part uh, series of episodes from Superman the Animated Series. Uh, I think when I started Batman University last summer, I had not seen Superman in the Animated Series. Uh, since then, I did some work in the off-season. I have consumed all of it. And uh, so Dan brings us... Uh, I, I, I think you've seen more than I have then, because I definitely have not seen all of it. I've seen it all, uh, cover to cover. So, uh, yeah, so this is, this is a three-parter from that, which somehow Dan sneaked in. No, this is, this is a great uh, three-parter, and it, it is the big Batman-Superman uh, crossover. It's a great crossover episode. It's actually, uh, so it's, you know, three 22-minute episodes. End-to-end, uh, -end it's, it's like, it's just barely over an hour. And it's, in fact, it's so great that, or slash, the money was there, that this is this has been released <laughs> as a direct-to-DVD Batman-Superman oh, yes, animated yeah. movie. Uh, so, yeah. So, Dan, tell me a little bit about uh, your familiarity with Batman the Animated Series or Superman the Animated Series, and or. Well, I watched, I mean, we talked about this a little bit on the first, uh, the, the first Batman animated series uh, episode, but I watched Batman the animated series contemporaneously, I guess you could say, uh, when it was airing in the early 90s as a kid. Um, and I've seen maybe not all, but pretty close to all of the episodes of that, just from like seeing it repeatedly over the years. And... So there've been a, there were a couple different like incarnations or seasons of that in which the formula changed a little bit you know because then later on they added Robin it was in prime time for a while etc mm -hmm. uh, and so then when we were probably what well, was this mid nineties late nineties that the Superman animated series came out and this was much more traditionally like a Saturday morning cartoon because mm -hmm. um, I remember watching it on Saturday mornings and I was not I, I'd read some Superman stuff as a kid. But I was never a big Superman fan. 
And so I remember this being a big deal because of the crossover with Batman. And I, I really think that you can point to this this three-parter as the genesis of the DCAU, the, the DC animated universe that then led into Justice League. Um, you know, because this is really where we get not only is it the Superman animated series, but we get the canonical like Batman. It's a little different, right? Because the animation style is a little different, but mm-hmm. we have the same voice actors as the Batman animated series. And those those characters seem, if not 100 percent consistent with their depiction in the Batman animated series, close enough, I yeah. think, in most cases to be to be considered essentially the same version of Bruce Wayne slash Batman. Yeah. So basically in the final season of Batman the Animated Series, uh, they redesigned some of the characters to match kind of the Superman Animated Series mm-hmm. style, which is and it, there are some kind of some of the characters are more dramatically reworked than others. And, you know, there's some story inconsistencies. But I mean, I think the intent is it's in the same universe. Right. Uh, so Bat- Batman's redesign is not too jarring because it's mainly his costume is different right and mainly they they kind of simplify the color schemes on a lot of characters right so you know the right. in the first three seasons of the batman animated series he had a his logo had the yellow batman symbol and i think it had more blues in it right and so now we're now he's just in this kind of black and gray uh and they changed the joker a lot um who, the joker is more sufficient like yeah. more noticeably different more cartoony more stylized in some ways um, they also changed Bruce Wayne. Uh, he looks very different here yeah. than he does in the animated series. And I would argue that his character change was the most noticeable for me in that at least like when we see Bruce Wayne in the animated, in the original Batman animated series, for the most part, he's often played up much more of a aw shucks guy. Yeah. Like, and, and I wonder if maybe they just felt that was going to be a little too co- close to Clark Kent. And so he comes off much more in these episodes as like the charming playboy mm-hmm. than about like sort of, you know, trying to throw people off the scent of he's also Batman because, <laughs> hey, Bruce Wayne shows up in Metropolis. Also, Batman shows up in Metropolis. Coincidence? Yeah. And there's only there's only so many people walking around with uh, shoulders as wide as <laughs> Superman and Batman, too. Right. <laughs> how do they get you through know? doorways? Yeah. <laughs> they have to turn sideways stealthily. That's how. Um, and they I mean, I, I enjoy this 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 three parter a lot. Uh, but they also kind of play up um, uh, Batman as a little bit – I feel like he, he comes off as a little bit jerkier than uh, yes. he usually does in the Batman animated series. Um, I mean, it, it, I mean, and maybe he's just – he's having an off day. He's in Metropolis. He, maybe he's jet lagged from the time zone switch or something. But he's uh, – I mean, the premise is that uh, Batman and Superman are not good buddies when they first meet up. And so there's tension there and Batman's attitude certainly kind of uh, feeds into the tension. And it is like, he's appearing on the Superman show, right? So it, it is a little bit uh, kind of metaphorically on, on Superman's turf in addition to geographically being in Metropolis. This is no Batman versus Superman done of justice. Let's not go overboard, right? Like they're not mortal enemies. They're more just like, they're just like coworkers who are really irritated with each other, mm-hmm. um, which I kind of like. I mean, I, I think that's a good dynamic. Batman is very practical. Superman is, you know, he's a paladin, right? Like he's trying to like go by all by the book and all the rules. And of course, Batman, you know, feels like he gets results and he has to do it his way. 
Uh, and so we get fun interactions between them, which include, you know, the first time Superman shows up, like Batman, like flips him into a table because <laughs> like Superman's just not ready for that. Right. He's like trusting. Mm-hmm. He thinks like, oh, hey, let's just take it down. Notch. And Batman's like, look, I'm in the middle. I'm working here. I'm in the middle of something. <laughs> yeah. I always have to kind of uh, I feel like Superman is as kind of tough as he needs to be in a given scene. So I do like when he gets uh, he gets flipped by Batman, I guess, just because he was not expecting it. Um, so let's uh, let's kind of jump into this episode and we can kind of go through it uh, chunk by chunk and uh, talk about what's what's happening. So uh, it, it actually it starts in uh, Gotham, which is kind of probably a, if you were just following the Superman animated series, uh, kind of striking. And there is, you know, the Superman animated series is a lot kind of lighter and friendlier and has a lot more things that take place during the day. Whereas Batman, the animated series, it's in Gotham and it's frequently at night and it's gloomy and uh, makes heavy use of dark colors. Um, Right. And there's also a stylistic difference, which I think mm -hmm. is very interesting because both Batman and Superman are sort of intended to harken back to an earlier era, right? Like Batman has that very heavy art deco style, um, sort of throwback, like with stuff that has like modern technology, right? Like there's computers and everything, mm-hmm. but everything is kind of styled in this weird, like timeless Art Deco sort of thing. And Superman also kind of does that, but it takes the flip side of it, of like it's almost like um, I think of like you know Chicago World's Fair mm-hmm. or like almost like the Jetsons sometimes, right? I, do, I watched another episode after this, which involves a person on a rocket yes. like, flying around the streets, and it's got like the monorails and stuff like that. So they both have this very distinct, like slightly out of time thing, but they have very different interpretations of that throwback period, which I think is kind of cool. Yeah, it is weird because I think it is not usually supposed to be any kind of specified time. Uh, And then Batman Beyond actually puts a specific time on it, which I find weird. Uh, But anyway, um, so yeah, so we start in Gotham and uh, we uh, Harley Quinn and the Joker basically are robbing an antique shop looking for a specific uh, item that is, that is curious that they're, they're, they're robbing that for. Uh, It is basically what looks like a Jade uh, dragon statue, but maybe because we are watching Superman, the animated series, uh, we may already be suspicious of anything that looks like it's made out of green rock. Right. Um, Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Very suspicious. I, I, I thought this thing maybe was a little too valuable because they later were like, this is worth like, $100,000. $100,000. And it was just like, on it was a table. On display in, a, in like a pawn shop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's fine. Yeah. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, Batman basically figures out what's going on. And, and he, uh, I think uh, Alfred helps him with the history of it. But the conclusion is he's going to need to go to uh, Metropolis uh, because he basically has figured out that uh, the Joker has, has stolen this kryptonite artifact because he's going to go after um after Superman. So both Batman and Bruce Wayne uh, will need to show up uh, in, uh, in Metropolis. Uh, Rather than just cutting to Metropolis first, we have kind of uh, a pretty dramatic action sequence uh, where uh, I guess the plane is identified as Air Force One, but terrorists take over Air Force One. Unfortunately, Lois Lane is, is on Air Force yeah, One. Yeah, I, I really like this scene for two reasons. One, because the idea of press traveling with the president seems somehow quaint and outmoded yeah. now. And two, because I do love the reaction of the thug who's like, yeah, lady, sit down, miss. And she's like, Lois Lane. And you see the guy like, 
Oh, crap. <laughs> Just the, the recognition that, wait, you're the, the lady Superman's always saving. Oh, and immediately, of course, Superman shows up to dispatch them pretty handily. Yep. And I, I mean, they it's even kind of a fun where, you know, Superman comes and he basically flips the plane upside down and then writes it. And then we don't actually see him dispatching each and every terrorist. We just cut to the plane is now safely landed. And we can kind of fill in that, that Superman took care of everything. Uh, and And everything is great. Um, I guess this scene is mainly to set up, you know, this, and this happens a lot in the Superman animated series, Superman repeatedly uh, saving Lois Lane, and she uh, is, is kind of interested in him and interested in him romantically, but uh, never seems to have a chance to, uh, to uh, even really chat with him. Um, so, like, I guess this is set, this is the set, setting up her kind of frustration and why she therefore might be available for a new love interest. Yeah, I do like um, uh, there are a couple of things I, I like in this bit, um, including Superman goes to do his like jump away and like she starts talking to him. So he does this like bunny hop thing, <laughs> yeah. which is kind of adorable. Yeah, um, yeah I like that a lot. Uh, yeah, there, there's a very heavy love triangle stuff in this. And as with pretty much every Superman incarnation, right, the, the Clark Lois Superman love triangle is a big part of that. Um, I will say I do like, you know, um, just a comment, since I know we've talked about the Batman voice cast in the past. I really like the Superman voice cast, which includes Tim Daly, who I'm a big fan of. And if you've ever seen, he did a web series for a little while with his son um, in which and there's an episode in which he they talk about playing Superman because um, and Nathan Fillion shows up talking about Green Lantern mm-hmm. and like they pretend they're like lying on a bed pretending to fly. It's pretty <laughs> hilarious. Uh, I like Tim Daly a lot. I think he's a really good Superman um dana delaney is an excellent lois lane i saw her actually saw her in a play not like a couple months ago here in boston she was in a play at the uh over in cambridge so i i enjoy her lois lane i like most of these these clancy brown as lex Luthor. yeah excellent choice I, i feel like he is just such an iconic uh villain uh and i i appreciate that he then shows up a lot in justice league um more, perhaps more than almost any other villain that pops up in Batman and Superman. Well, sure, he's he's a supervillain, and yeah. he's got he works well with other supervillains in a way that, as we see in this yes. episode, the Joker does not. <laughs> yeah. So I, I guess that brings us to the next scene, which is basically uh, the Joker and uh, Lex Luthor cross paths, and they do so by basically uh, Harley Quinn hijacking uh, Lex Luthor's. Uh, uh, limo and picking up the the uh picking up the joker and they get to chat uh the joker kind of negotiating slash demanding a deal uh with lex luther and i like this scene a lot because lex luther and the joker are uh they're pretty interesting villains and they're weird and they don't they don't fit together and so this is this is a fun scene to just have them in the back of a car kind of arguing about <laughs> what's going to happen next in metropolis right yeah and i like that the joker gets in a rich corinthian leather joke yes. which is very bizarre um but yeah you're totally right like because you know the the they're both evil villains but the joker is far more chaotic and far more crazy than lex who is just like sort of bent on evil and has a plan i'm not talking about lex friedman here just to be clear <laughs> or am i um but bent on like he's got he's a businessman right like he's he just is sort of wants to attain power and money and on and all of that but he's very methodical mm-hmm. about the way that he does it yeah i like that there's kind of one of his big concerns uh, lex luther is basically says whatever happens it can't be traced back to me right right so that's one of his so it's it's kind of that's the most important thing is that he not uh, basically 
draw the attention of uh, Superman or, or law enforcement because that would make his life complicated right. even though he's, he's... Su- he's supposedly legit right yeah. like even though Superman clearly knows he's not it's not like he's been arrested or anything right like whereas everybody agrees mm-hmm. the Joker is clearly like you know a madman like Lex Luthor is at least putting out the you know the the appearance of being a legitimate businessman so Really, I mean the Lex the Lex Joker pairing is basically there as a counterweight to the Superman Batman pairing, mm-hmm. right? With their own particular, uh, we're going to work together even though we don't really like each other. Yeah, and I, you know, I I appreciate this uh, Joker story. Okay, I mean it, it is the part of the premise is like Joker is literally like out of money, so he needs to like do this ridiculous outlandish plan for a billion dollars. Um, but because I guess it's, it's I, sure. I don't know what Joker's yeah. going to do with money, but you know he he's got to feed the hyenas, right? Um, yeah, exactly. He's got to pay wages for the clown gang and all that. It's, yeah, you know, there's a lot of paperwork. Yeah, uh, so it it is like because you know what the Joker is not a quality hired assassin, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> he is not going to file the paperwork. He is not. He may not get the job done, and he probably won't do it on time or in a way that is going to be acceptable to your interests, but. Uh, he will abduct you and demand that you make that deal for him in in your own car as you're being driven around by his uh, his henchmen. So yeah, so yeah, I guess if you're Lex Luthor, you just got to roll with that. Um, so I guess the next thing that happens is uh, Lois and uh, and Bruce Wayne get their kind of meet cute moment where uh, and it's you know Lois says something disparaging about Bruce Wayne in general and then I guess sees him for the first time and is uh, struck by him and uh, he helps her pick up some stuff when she drops it. Well, uh, very. I, I the presentation of the scene is really interesting because I like that when Bruce Wayne shows up, you get the like schmaltzy saxophone music yes. in the background. That's like that's usually used when you're like you know the men, a man looking at a woman, right? Like mm-hmm. the sort of male gaze thing. Whereas in here, it's reversed, and it's Lois looking at Bruce Wayne and just about how handsome he is, mm-hmm. right? Like, and and you he comes across as like. You know, uh, uh, just a a attractive guy, probably or maybe not very like smart or something. I don't know. They don't specifically go into that, but like it, it feels very uh, like turning the tables there, which mm-hmm. I really appreciate. And I do agree with you that uh, you you mentioned that kind of the Bruce Wayne character gets kind of a significant personality adjustment in the the redesign, right? Like he is he is. Uh, kind of a lot more approachable in the early seasons of Batman, the animated series, right? Like, uh, and he, he almost, he, he, he tends to have kind of a boxier shape to him. Um, whereas this, this version is a little bit more angular. So the, the visual design and kind of the personality, uh, have changed but, a decent amount. And I think the voices are different, right? Yes. I think yeah, his, his, voice... his voice is a lot kind of closer to just his Batman voice, yep. right? Yep. Um, yep. Absolutely. I, Kevin Conroy always did. It was always amazing to me that he could shift his voice to the Bruce Wayne character, which was noticeably the same voice and yet so different mm-hmm. that the whole like timber of it, like and tone, just like totally convinced you that it was just this guy who was just the sort of you know, gee shucks. Yeah, sort of I, I, the audience here yeah. he's much smoother. Yeah, he feel. I feel like the Bruce Wayne used to feel much more kind of like this Midwestern guy that had just inherited his his family's fortune and was just trying to make good. This version of Bruce Wayne feels more like I'm your traditional New York City CEO. So, yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah. 
Uh, so they meet, and uh, basically uh, Bruce Wayne immediately asks Lois Lane out on a date, which we know is going to cause some tension because Clark is uh, Clark Kent is interested in Lois Lane, uh, and Lois Lane is interested in Superman, and that therefore has made things complicated for a it's long a love time. Square? Yeah, I, <laughs> it gets complicated um, when there's identities involved, right? Um, yes. What, what I what I also like about this is that. Again, this isn't explicitly stated, and I think they may have softened it a bit, but it seems clear to me that Batman, that Bruce Wayne makes a, a beeline for Lois, knowing that's the fastest way to Superman. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of him being, you know, an opportunist and sort of just being kind of using her. I guess it, it progresses from there, or at least so we are led to believe, but... I, I don't think they make that explicit, but I think it's pretty clear, especially in the one of the subsequent scenes, uh, which we'll talk about in a minute. Mm-hmm. So in the next scene, and you know, I've watched this episode a couple times now, uh, and this scene is amusing, but it does kind of feel a little bit unrelated to everything else going on in, in the episodes. And I, I don't know if they just they thought it would be funny or if it's just to fill things out. But basically, we have this scene where uh, Joker shows up at the headquarters of kind of the metropolis mafia or, you know, some kind of seems like vaguely Italian crime boss, uh, that's having dinner and picks a fight and, uh, um, and Harley Quinn shows up and like pogo stick jumps on people. Uh, and I guess this is mainly just so that the idea that Joker is leaving a trail of his presence throughout the city that, uh, Batman and Superman can kind of track in their different ways. Cause it doesn't seem to contribute too much else. I feel like the only reason it's here is to give background as to like where he gets thugs, yeah. which really isn't like def- isn't like strictly necessary. But like you said, it also provides sort of the breadcrumbs for yeah. Batman to and Superman to pick up. Yeah. Uh, we then basically uh, have to do some uh, Bruce Wayne Lex Luthor business because Bruce Wayne and Lex Luthor are in business together, and they, we have this kind of neat scene of a, a kind of robot cr- crawling around in a canyon, um, and it's the, the suggestion being that Bruce Wayne is excited by the ability for using this for space exploration, and Lex Luthor is an evil billionaire, so he of course wants to use it for military purposes. But Bruce Wayne has uh, made it clear uh, that in their contracts that that's not going to be possible. Uh, the slightly on the nose, Bruce Wayne, I don't like guns. Yep. <laughs> hmm, Except you and Batman have in common. And, you know, that's always the tricky thing. He's like, okay with missiles, too. Yeah, right? missiles like, are okay. Uh, <laughs> it's like, wait, I don't know. This is a gun specific, on a robot. Specific, like, specifically wait, guns, though. Yeah, because, like, why are guns and why are guns okay uh, when they're on like a car, but not on a robot, and definitely not in a person's hand. It's it's a very complicated like flight chart. Are you, are you looking for some sort of rationale from a guy who dresses up as a bat? <laughs> I just I you know I feel like his gun policy is not as absolute as he would suggest it would be. Um, yeah. So uh, we're moving along through. Because are we into the second episode at this point? I think so. Uh, not qu- not quite. Okay. Um. Wow, they date pack a lot into the first one because uh, Bruce and Lois go on their first date, and mm-hmm. I guess that goes well. And then um, I don't know if we have anything. Yeah, he's to- that's where he spends he spends most of the date uh, pumping her for information about yes. Superman, as you do, which is kind of the whole. Yeah, you know, like I feel like it's weird. Like maybe they, you know, in another world they would have set up the Bruce Bruce uh, Bruce in love with Superman angle. Yeah. We could have gone that direction. That would have been very different, but you know, totally plausible. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so we have that, and we have the um, 
Batman crashes the club. Yes, this is I think where one of the my... boss is. Uh, I think there's something about the or animation a boss, style. An underling. Yeah, the, there's something about the animation style of this scene that's um, really striking. Uh, there's a nightclub, and Batman, being Batman, has to enter through by shattering a sky uh, yeah, skylight. He, Batman, Batman never waits behind rope lines. No, um, and he has words with some uh, mafia type guys, and a fight breaks out, and he's punching people and throwing people around. And then we get the kind of we've had the uh, Bruce Wayne Clark Kent meet meet up, but now we have the Batman and Superman uh, meet up, and basically Superman is not happy with. Uh, how kind of violent Batman is when he's uh, getting information. And, uh, and as we mentioned before, Batman flips Superman, uh, which I have a little trouble believing it's possible, but uh, you know, I don't know how heavy Superman is. It seems like, yeah, I was sort of wondering, like it would just be a Batman, like, yeah, well, cause like the, the mass of Superman doesn't really make any sense. Right. Like, Cause he can do stuff that is beyond strength, right? When he's like, say, uh, helping a plane fly later and things like that. So you, so yeah, yeah, you know, you, it's best not to think about it's it. It's best very, not to think about hard. it too much. Um, and but it is clear that Superman is always going to be able to beat up Batman, unless of course Batman has a little piece of kryptonite uh, in his utility belt. Uh, which and this is, I mean, I just think the kind of animation staging of the scene is neat, where it's like they're in this dark nightclub and he's got the kryptonite that's glowing in his hand, mm-hmm. um, and, and Superman kind of immediately starts to be. Uh, you know, I don't know, freaking out is the right word, but uh, thinking very different about the situation once there's kryptonite uh, being held up in his face. And he does, uh, kind of pretty early on in the conversation with Batman, he uses his x-ray vision to determine that uh, Batman is Bruce Wayne. Um, and yeah, I like I like that bit. That was yeah. also, yeah, don't think too hard about how well he can control his x-ray That he can look through me. exactly through a cow, yeah. one cow. <laughs> ah, looks like you are a human with a skull. Yes. <laughs> you have two eyes. I knew it. You're secret. <laughs> um, but I like that because, you know, you know, Bruce has the you peaked line, yeah. which I enjoyed. Um, and this segues almost directly into like, you know, Clark goes back to his apartment mm-hmm. and he talks to Lois on the phone and then realizes that that Batman has put a bug on him and Batman's like watching from three buildings away and then gives him like a thumbs up and is like, I'm out. And, you know, I, I like that we get these secret identity stuff both out of the way early and in a way that makes sense for the way that both of those characters operate. Because of course that is exactly what they would do, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you were Superman, you had X-ray vision and Batman shows up and is annoying you. Of course you're just going to be like, who are you? Okay. You're Bruce Wayne. And if you're Batman, you're going to be super sneaky about it and like leave a bug, follow him and figure it out. So it's nice that they sort of get that out of the way. That's where the, the first episode ends is with them, everything being on the table about their identities. Yeah. And, you know, I think it works reasonably well in terms of the tension between them. It doesn't feel forced. It feels like, nope, these are characters that probably would not get along uh, very well. I mean, I feel like there's a cornerstone of all superhero team-ups where it's like, we have these two heroes, and through some misunderstanding, they fight, and then they realize that they're actually on the same side, and then they team up, and then they take down the actual villain. Uh and this seems like more like, no, they they just don't like each other from a personality point of view. It's not that there's some misunderstanding. It's that right. Batman's kind of a jerk and Superman's a Boy Scout and, and Batman is being a jerk. Um, right. And and they don't even that one little like punch up in the nightclub, yeah. which isn't really like it's more like two kids fighting on the playground. 
like shoving each other or something. Mm-hmm. And they, they get it out of the way pretty quick, right? Like Batman flips Superman, Superman shoves him into a wall pretty hard. Um, and then Batman pulls out the kryptonite and he's like, look, I came to help you because there's kryptonite and there's a bunch more of it. Mm-hmm. And like at that point, they, they're both on the same page. They both, neither of them is going to be like, oh, we should fight each other instead of fighting the villains because they're not stupid. They just don't like each other. They have different ways of doing the same job. And that's totally fine. Like there's plenty mm-hmm. of people. It's at this point, it's like a mismatch cop buddy, yeah. Yeah. buddy cop drama, right? Like <laughs> He's the buy the book one, and he's the guy who like is two weeks away from retirement. Mm-hmm. And what they need is one of them needs to save the other's life, and that will get them all on the same t- on the same page, right? Uh, on to totally. the next episode. <laughs> um, so I guess we're now into part two. Uh, it's a three parter. There's a lot in the first. I feel like the first part is very dense. Uh, so yes. it does. It does. I think it moves at a quicker pace in parts two and parts three, and in parts two and parts three rely, I think, a little bit more on uh, kind of action and uh, set pieces to move things along. Um, so let's see what happens in part two. Uh, basically, uh, I guess Bruce Wayne and Lois Lane are doing really well, uh, such that Lois is talking about relocating to Gotham, which is freaking Clark Kent out. Um, <laughs> As it should. Yeah. It's unclear to me how much time it has elapsed. Very I really thought this was like a couple time. days. <laughs> I thought it I was like, when, like a, a super day. eligible billionaire. It was like, oh, I really like you. Then you're like, yes, I will drop everything and move to your city. I, you know, uh, yeah, I d- didn't quite compute. But, you know, I mean, Lo- Lois Lane has been very career driven for a while. Like, she knows what she wants and she is prepared to get things done, I guess. So, yeah. And, and you know, and maybe her job is very mobile uh, in this fictional universe where we employ uh, journalists to live in very fancy penthouse apartments. So, um, yeah. Um, sure. Totally yeah. playable. Uh, so we get to another date um, with Bruce and Lois uh, where they're in, a, in uh, like a fancy uh, balcony and uh i think that there's some more information that gets shared but basically we know probably something's going to go bad pretty soon and the joker uh crashes this date with the intent of uh kidnapping lois lane because uh he knows that that wor- works well as superman bait and his ultimate goal is to kill superman and collect one billion dollars um we get some Batman getting to be Batman, where Batman is very hard to kill, and Joker's goons uh, are not very good at killing him. Um, I, yeah. There's a tightrope walked here, which I like in that Bruce, you know, Bruce Wayne yeah. is being shot at a lot and is basically has realized I can't really do anything that's going to make it obvious mm-hmm. that I'm not mild mannered Bruce Wayne, not to, mm-hmm. um, and in fact I'm Batman. So he has to like. He, like, falls off a building, lands on a window-washing thing, you know, grabs a ledge when he falls off of that, right? Like, all these things that are kind of implausible for <laughs> normal guy Bruce Wayne to do. Um, and, and and again, when you know Batman's in town, I guess you feel like you should put two and two together. But sure, whatever. I also really like there's one thug who, like, jumps out of a bush early on in this scene that makes zero sense. But it's actually kind of hilarious. So mm-hmm. I like that guy. It's uh, yeah, I, I, I would have thought there might have been there was maybe a missed opportunity here. I think he Joker has like one line, but you'd think Joker and Bruce Wayne would have kind of more. There'd be more to do with that yes. kind of relationship because because uh, they've interacted a bunch. Obviously, mainly Joker interacts with Batman, but I think he and Bruce Wayne have crossed paths enough times that uh, right. there'd be there'd be some kind of brief conversation there. But I guess we don't have any time for it. Uh, so on we go. We're moving on. Yeah, we're moving on. Uh, uh, 
Joker and Harley Quinn basically set up a trap with um, with uh, Lois Lane, and I guess the the kind of uh, the big smash line here is that uh, Joker tells Lois Lane that she's going to have the story of the century, the death of Superman. Um, <gasps> yeah, yeah, definitely not counting your chickens uh, before they hatch. <laughs> <laughs> Everything always works out for Joker. I don't yeah. know. I don't see the problem. <laughs> uh, Batman busts out the Batwing, which was hidden like in half of in his another, plane. Uh, yeah, in another was, plane. My notes it. My note says, how does Batman transport his plane? In another plane. You know, when you're very rich. Uh, boats on boats, planes on planes. It's the only way to travel. Um, yeah. Uh, Joker Skypes with Superman to taunt him? I had FaceTime, but yeah, I'll give it to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we get a cameo from the one of the two detectives that's always helping Superman in Superman the Animated Series. And we go to uh, Joker's... Uh, uh, sorry, I I just have to point out Joker's extremely weird decision to, like, I'll tell you where this is, but I want... Okay, <laughs> I have to work through this one a little bit. So he basically puts a little a super bright light so that the other guy will have to close his eyes and Superman can see the map that Joker has embedded in this, like, blinding light. Yeah. Now, Superman... Superpowers, but, like, that doesn't still mean that he's going to be able to stare into bright light, I guess. Also, why do you care if the cops show up? Because you're already facing Superman down. It, I feel like at that point, you don't really care much about the cops showing up. It didn't really make any sense. It feels like That's also fine. maybe just say, come alone or Lois Lane dies, right? Like that. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Batman's going to show up anyway. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Superman goes there, but not before a quick costume change. He dons mm-hmm. his uh, basically anti-kryptonite uh, space suit that he wears a couple times throughout the... Uh, the animated series and Joker kind of plays at being confused and his whole plan having uh, failed until he uses his little flower to spit acid at the, uh, the suit. Um, this, this scene, uh, I guess I had a couple <laughs> questions about science and how things, what, Oh how, yeah. Yeah. Me too. Acid, Go ahead though. How does acid work? Because uh, acid melts through his very powerful suit, uh, which, which made out like lead or something. Yeah. So I didn't quite get that. And then later kind of jumping ahead, uh, Batman shows up to try and help him and they're like stuck in a locked room and the solution to the problem is to use acid to melt the kryptonite um, so that there is also, don't, no kryptonite. Also, don't lock your superheroes in a in a room full of acid. Yeah. That seems weird. Yeah. Also, you're right. So acid melts kryptonite. But it but... doesn't turn it into vapor that would just kill Superman? Um, oh, and it doesn't turn it into like sludge that would still have the same radioactive properties. Yeah, yeah, I don't quite get it. Um, I, I feel like... I really wanted him to just throw it so the doors start closing, yeah. and I'm like, if you're Batman, just throw it out of the room. Yeah. <laughs> like, you should be fine Especially... after that. And they make a big deal that the acid is too weak to eat through the walls a or door, door <laughs> but is not too weak to immediately. Uh, but it also totally melted through Superman's suit. And... Well, is that the same acid yeah. and? And at that point, how does it stay in the flower? Yeah. <laughs> How's the flower not melt? <laughs> yeah. So I feel like, I mean, I guess it's a Saturday morning cartoon. I'm probably overthinking <laughs> it, but it just felt a little wacky. Um, and there's other kinds of wacky that seem okay. I guess I just want my death traps to be uh, carefully thought out. Let's, plan. let's call Paul Dini and ask him yes, about he'll about love acid. that. We'll wait a couple hours to get him in the middle of the night. He loves that. <laughs> I have a question about a cartoon that you made 15 years ago. What were you thinking? Um, yeah. Uh, so the Joker's plot does not work so well. And basically, uh, Batman uh, 
Batman, uh, Superman, and Lois Lane fly out of the factory eventually through the kind of combined help of everybody. Uh, I guess Batman gets credit for saving Superman's life, even though Superman also flies him out of the explosion. Uh, they have the nice little cha- interchange where uh, Superman says, you know, thanks for saving Lois. I couldn't have done it without you. And Batman just says, I'm aware of it. And then like fires his little grappling hook <laughs> up for a plane <laughs> to catch him plane. and pull him away. And it's so, <laughs> I'm aware of it. It's such a great what Batman a- line. <laughs> what a dickish exit yes <laughs> i just love it it's also so it's so impractical where it's just like i'm just gonna go on a plane like like i have so many questions how do you get into the plane like it's, why is that an efficient way to take a plane i don't know it's great because like you know what how much trouble would how many problems would have been solved if you had just said you're welcome come on batman yeah. you know you know what you don't have on your utility belt is anything that is willing to do a little bit of emotional labor. Um, so. <laughs> or just like, maybe just like, you know, Emily Post's Guide to Manners or yes, something. That would have been fine. I'm aware You're... of it. It's so great. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is, I, I really enjoy the interchange for the most part between Bruce and Clark in uh, Justice League. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they're definitely somewhat more hostile to each other here than they are there yes where at that point they've like established a rapport and even if they do things differently like they're clearly on the same side whereas here they're just like every opportunity that one of them can needle the other mostly batman Mm -hmm. needling superman it's just great it's great i really enjoy it though yeah and it is i mean it, it is a good kind of lead up to where things will have to be with the justice league. And there is kind of always the kind of question that I think the justice league animated series kind of deals with is like, should Batman be like, is Batman actually a leader that other people would like, (laughs) like deal with day to day? Um, And, you know, and sometimes that's even a thing that like the comics deal with in terms of like, I don't know, is Batman somebody that Robin and Batgirl and uh, various other uh, former Robins want to deal with? And the answer is a lot of people get sick of dealing with Batman day to day. (laughs) You know, yeah, he's uh, he's an acquired taste. Yeah, you know, and he's he's an important symbol, and he gets results, and he's driven. But like, maybe you don't want to eat lunch with Batman every day. <laughs> the the bat cafeteria bateria is not yeah. is not super not great. Place no. to eat lunch. Uh, so that that was that was one of my favorite scenes in the in the whole three parter. Was I'm aware of it, and he jets up. Yeah. Uh, so uh, let's see. Uh, basically, because uh, Joker's plan has uh, fallen apart, um, Lex Luthor is furious uh, with the Joker. Um, Wait, and- can, I, can I point out the scene where Lex Luthor is trying to assure people that the explosion is fine because it was non-nuclear? Yes. <laughs> like, that was a weird scene, and I had to feel like it was kind of a product of its time. Mm-hmm. Like, in the late 90s, I feel like that was much more of an issue. Like, oh, this thing blew up. Don't worry. It was not nuclear. Yes, but your thing, your factory still blew up. Like, things blow okay, up all fine. the time at Metropolis. Yeah. <laughs> so, I guess you only have to worry if they're nuclear. Fall out. Yeah. You only worry about things that are going to create new metahumans or whatnot. So, <laughs> yeah. No new metahumans were created through this industrial oh, accident. Good. Therefore, good. it's all okay. Right, well, it's just an insurance issue. Let us issue. move on. Yeah. So uh, Lex Luthor goes to confront Joker at uh, his hideout, uh, and they have kind of a fun scene where I guess he's it's kind of almost like he's shown up to like kill him, where they just are firing machine guns into his base and then have a conversation. And they basically kind of have this negotiation while 
uh, Harley Quinn and Mercy, who's Lex Luthor's bodyguard, uh, are just like yes. killing each Wailing other in the each other. Yeah. <laughs> um, So, um, just kind of amusing, but it's a little yeah. odd. <laughs> it's a little odd. I mean, I guess basically, so Mercy was created for the Superman animated series, and then later gets added to the comics. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, I guess she the premise... like a, a robot arm or something at some point. I I don't remember if she has a robot she arm. She's robot. shown as being incredibly strong. Like she and Superman get into a fight at one point, and it doesn't just immediately end. So there's the, and there's kind of some things that are dropped that suggest that like her strength is beyond that of kind of beyond the range of a normal human. And there's some like fan theories about like maybe she's an Amazon or something like that. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Um, and I guess, uh, you know, it seems like probably she shouldn't be too evenly matched with Harley Quinn, but she did also get hit in the head recently by Harley Quinn. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're fighting for basically, uh, comedic purposes and, uh, Lex Luthor and Joker are negotiating about the fact that basically there's now, uh, two superheroes to deal with and, and, uh, and whatnot. Um, but the idea being things are, the tension is cranked up a little bit. Uh, so, um... The kind of the the culminating thing is that uh, the Joker has realized that he needs to do kind of a divide and conquer on Batman and Superman in order to deal with them. So there's basically a phony uh, cruise ship in distress somewhere off the coast of Metropolis, and uh, the Joker arranges via blimp mail a a meeting with Batman uh, where he's going to use uh, one of uh, Lex Luthor's uh, military robots to try and take him out. And that that's basically kind of where things uh, are going to go is uh, that, that we lead up to that. How are they going to deal with that crisis of ship sinking and Batman having to fight a killer robot? Um, I will say the ship sinking is a little weird because like basically there's like a fake distress and then they also blow up a ship. Oh, right. I feel like you could cut out the middle. Man, right. Um, <laughs> Yeah, just blow up the ship in the first place. The problem I solves guess, itself. I, I guess really. it was just a, a precise timing necessary to uh, um, get things happening. Okay, so we are finally into the third part, and the action gets kind of really cranked up here. Uh, Superman has to deal with uh, saving a sinking cruise ship, and Batman has to fight the killer robot. Uh, thankfully, he's got his jetpack, which has missiles, which, as we mentioned, <laughs> missiles are okay. Um I do like, so basically Batman is having a really hard time with the killer robot. And so he goes to the Daily Planet looking for Superman. Yes. Uh, Superman is not there. And he is now, in fact, endangered Lois Lane by bringing a killer robot to her workplace. And the the fight goes down into it's, like... It is definitely not bring your killer yeah, robot to work day. No. The fight goes down into the like printing press room and... Uh, Batman's cape and cowl get stuck in the printing press, which I thought was a little strange because it's like, I feel like in all the episodes of Batman the Animated Series, his cape never gets stuck on anything. But here it does so that his cape can get and his cowl can get torn off and Lois Lane can see. Why would you not have your cape and cowl be separate things? Yes. There's even there's a an an episode where there is a villain who's obsessed with his cape and cowl. Yes. It does basically get him to turn it over. And the, the the catch there is Batman has like a secondary mask on underneath the yeah. cowl. Yep, I remember that. Um, yeah, so that's Batman for you. He's always prepared. Always prepared. Be prepared. Boy, uh, Superman is the Boy Scout uh, in terms of personality. <laughs> Batman is the Boy Scout in terms of preparation for all kinds of crises. Um, so Lois Lane is not happy to find out that Bruce Wayne is Batman. 
I do like her. When were you going to tell me the honeymoon quip? And again, how long have you been you've, dating? <laughs> you've been dating for like three days. Yes. Jeez. Yeah. Um, and Batman does his classic. I am wounded, but I'm going to go be Batman because uh, I'm a self-destructive monster. <laughs> <laughs> I do like that Superman does get in a snarky comment when he like he shows up when the robot like comes back out of the printing press and he like lands on it mm-hmm. and he gives him like a did I miss anything like I enjoyed you know I, I enjoyed that in the as this episode goes by the Superman and Batman like they they reach their their you know they they have a detente right like they kind of ease off and realize that they really are on the same side and they they stop sniping at each other mm-hmm. kind of for the duration of this. Um, and then we have the conversation, as you said, with like Batman going and deciding he's got to be Batman again and Superman being like, yeah, she's not going to like that. And, um, yeah, they, there's just, there's a little more camaraderie here. Yeah. Uh, and I enjoy that there is, um, when they show up at the LexCorp factory shortly thereafter and they're like, oh, there's lead lined walls. I can't see through it. You know, Batman's like, well, you could try the other approach. And Superman's like, ah, oh, and just punches the door down. And there's a moment of like, yep, see, now you're getting the hang of it. <laughs> yep. Um, so the kind of final sequence is uh, things have totally broken down between uh, Lex Luthor and the Joker. And somehow the Joker has kind of uh, basically kidnapped Lex Luthor, um, which I didn't totally buy because I thought Lex Luthor was like super tough and could theoretically, um, you know, stand his own. But Anyway, he ends up tied to a chair for like the rest of the episode and the Joker steals his giant airship and is basically intent on blowing up half of Metropolis. And also there's some killer robots that Batman and Superman are going to have to fight before they can st- stop. Uh, I like I like that their idea of a diabolical plan is let's tape kryptonite yes. to a robot. <laughs> let's tape a kryptonite rock to a robot. Actually kind of a good idea really if mm-hmm. it weren't for the fact that he uses those lead line doors. Um I like that, and I did like that they tape Mercy to it as well and have the thing where it keeps spinning every time, like, Superman's about to punch it. It's just like, oh, you want to punch? You want to, like, basically pulverize this not exactly innocent civilian, but, like, you know, someone who has yeah. already been, uh, you know, captive, you know, taken captive. So uh, it's got that. That's the, the traditional Superman thing, right? Like, yes, he's indestructible. It's really hard to kill him. So instead, you just have to sort of find ways to make him adhere to his code. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it, you know, it's for some reason the, the putting uh, an innocent tape to the killer robot seemed a little more uh, creative as a storytelling device yes. than having just the kryptonite thing taped to the robot. Um, but especially, I think it was when the robot picks up the uh, the lead line door, which ends up to be its undoing. I was like, why does a robot? Mm-hmm. Why does a robot need a door? Um, <laughs> just kill Superman. Um, but there's it, some it, good programming in that robot. Yeah, apparently it's very adaptive to like what in my environment can I use to kill uh, kill Superman? Um, so yeah, but in the end, they save the day. Uh, I think there's a variety of uh, people combining powers, and you know. Batman gets up onto the plane and, and Superman is also there. There is also kind of the weird moment where uh, they decide to save um, Batman saves Harley Quinn and Superman saves Lex Luthor. And there is no mention of saving the Joker. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed that too. I was like, I mean, again, it's that walk in that line of like, I'm not going to kill him, but I'm also not going to save him, yeah. <laughs> which seems a little tricky. Uh, but yeah, I did notice that they're like, I, you know, they're, they're basically, yeah, they're playing favorites here. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
I, I just felt like probably Superman could carry two people off a plane, right? If he wanted to. Um, if, eh. he, if he really wanted to. Uh, this does have my favorite line as they as they parachute out, though, where Harley Quinn, you know, looks at the exploding plane and says, Puddin? And Batman says, at this point, he probably is. I'm like, dude, Batman, that is harsh. Yeah, too soon. Too soon, Batman. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean... Batman is ratcheted up a little bit in terms of how cold and uncaring he is uh, in this episode. (laughs) Especially that, I will say, that felt uh, not consistent with how Batman and Harley Quinn's relationship is is depicted. Uh, Because he is, is, there's other episodes and scenes where he is very sympathetic to, like, the fact that she's in this horrible relationship with a supervillain. And that felt like, nope, now I make jokes. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, it was a little weird, but okay. Yeah. Uh, so we basically have the kind of the after action. Bruce is going to go uh, back to uh, back to Gotham and uh, things aren't going to work out with Lois Lane. So, you know, whatever. Um, and, you know, working together, not so bad. We can shake hands and maybe we'll be friends again later if this Justice League show gets approved. <laughs> yeah, right. Maybe someday we will see each other once again. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think that covers all the kind of major scenes. I, you know, again, I've seen this several times now. It's great. Um, I think especially for, um, I think I went and watched this before I went and watched all of the Superman animated series. Cause I wasn't as excited about watching the Superman animated series. And I wanted to see all the kind of Batman stuff first. Um, so for, uh, listeners of Batman university, if like you're tentatively interested in Superman, the animated series, this might be a good entry point in terms of seeing Superman and Batman together. Um, I'm not a big Superman fan. So I think I had that kind of against me. I would say the Superman animated series is, uh, it's generally pretty good. Um, you know, I enjoy it. It's definitely a different tone than Batman, the animated series. And it's, it's, uh, it's a little bit more just kind of kid friendly Saturday morning. Uh, whereas Batman can kind of be dark and, and I really like the Batman, uh, rogues gallery. Uh, the super Superman has some, some good villains, uh, but none of them are kind of my personal favorites at the level of like, even like my top five Batman villains. Um, so. Yeah, I Superman. Aside from Lex Luthor, I don't think that there is anybody in Superman's rogues gallery who is really. I mean, Brainiac's not bad. Lobo's they, kind of fun at times. In but, very yeah, small doses. Some, <laughs> so yeah, in very small doses. And I think I think if I'm remembering correctly, uh, does Ron Perlman do the voice of Lobo? Maybe I'm remembering that wrong. That, he also oh, does man, the voice of Clayface. I don't know, but that sounds about right. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I can only deal with Lobo in very small boat doses. It just—it's too much of a snapshot of like what comics were like in 1993 for me. <laughs> so <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah, I uh, there are there are some animated series. Yeah, there are some Superman villains who aren't bad, but a lot of them feel like you get like Toy Man, who feels like yeah, tricksterish slash Jokerish. You know, there's. Then there's weird one. You got like Mr. Mixelpick, which is a little very odd, right? So his, yeah, there's his a lot episodes of... kind of work okay for the animated format, I will say. Yes. Um, more so, I'm always surprised when he shows up in a live action thing because I'm like, really? Um, so I he... thought he was not bad in uh, in Supergirl. I, that was a very different take on him, yes. but I thought he was not bad there. Yeah, uh, they do a bunch with. Uh... Darkseed, which I do not care for, um, or do just yeah. I don't I'm not invested in him at all, and my I, I've gathered that he will be 
an upcoming villain in a live action movie that makes me even less interested in that live action movie. Well, he's so. like, uh, I mean, he's like that seventies era, like when they start going into space a lot more. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. He feels, he's very Thanos like to me, like, you know, big, yes. scary villain. Yeah. He, he, and, villain he and Thanos definitely went to high school together. Um, <laughs> yeah. So they actually went to opposite high schools in the same town. Well, like they yeah. were rivals, you mm-hmm. know, that's uh, but in the same multiverse. Oh, um, oh absolutely. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think this was a, a great pick, Dan. Uh, thanks for tricking me into watching some more uh, Superman. <laughs> so, My work here is done. Yeah. Are there other things that we should say about uh, this this episode or, or these shows in general that you feel are, are important to point out? Um, there's other good stuff. You know, I, I having once watched this and really enjoyed it, uh, I didn't. One of the things that I realized later on, I remember walking through a comic book shop maybe a couple of years after I'd seen this and realizing that the world's finest, I think, is sort of a ongoing, I don't want to say brand name exactly, but like that is often used for Superman, Batman team ups. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how far back the history of that goes, but there are other stories that involve the two of them teaming up under that title yeah i think that so, goes way way back um, i agree i was looking up a little bit about earlier because i think there's also like a world's finest comics mm-hmm. too um so yeah i think that's uh the, and there was at one point like the rumors were that that was going to be the name of the batman superman movie mm-hmm. um there was a, a supergirl episode called world's finest so yeah there's like a lot that that's a a long-running brand i feel like mm-hmm. um and what else would I say about this? I, yeah, I haven't seen probably as much of the Superman series as you have because I watch it when it aired, so I saw like weird bits and pieces randomly. Um, but I think there's some there are elements of it that I I like. It, it is nice in that it does launch the sort of Justice League, um, universe DCAU stuff, which I I really enjoy and yeah. have watched all of. Um, and it does provide a great opportunity for some of the the good voice cast to really get together and and i i feel like this is this is my preferred version of superman for the most part um you know as with the batman as like kevin conroy is my canonical batman i don't feel like as strongly about superman but this is the the incarnation of him that i enjoyed the most with probably the new supergirl incarnation being a a good second that's um, a, i so, think i'd, I'd yeah. be pretty similar ranked I'm, i've been particular i don't even think i've seen all of the superman movies uh, cause I, I'm just not, I a, have not. Yeah. Um, but this version is fun and I, I, you know, the DC animated stuff really works for me. Um, and I think as, I, I did enjoy this more having seen the justice league stuff and seeing where it ends up because I mean, justice league is interesting to me because it's like, we have all these heroes that are used to being, you know, uh, isolated and we mix them together in all these kind of weird configurations and they actually do a pretty good job in justice league about thinking about like who gets along with who and what history do the various characters have that um that we've shown in previous episodes and building off of that whereas like i feel like in a lot of other uh justice league appearances like especially in some comics it's like the justice league just shows up and they're like this perfect team that knows what to do all the time and like like, I don't buy that, right? Like, I feel like right, they have right. different specialties and, like, some of them just, like, some of them can't fly. So how do they get there, right? And, like... <laughs> well, they have very different know, personalities, right? Like, yeah. they're, they're all very, they're all very strong. I mean, they're all used to being, like, big fish in the small ponds, yes. including Aquaman. Uh, <laughs> and, um, like, it's interesting when you throw that many, like, big personalities, there's bound to be some conflicts. But I did find me thinking, like, while well, I watched this episode, like, you know what this episode is missing? Wonder Woman. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of wish uh, there was... 
Because I don't think they they do much. I, I don't know if there's a is there a Wonder Woman origin episode in Justice League. I I don't remember. There are Amazons. The Amazons do show up, mm-hmm. but I don't remember if they do the origin story. But the Wonder Woman origin story, I think, is also one of the most um, uh, varied. Yeah, there's not like you know Superman has his canonical origin story. He gets put in the spaceship. Batman has the canonical, his his parents get murdered outside yeah. the theater, right? Like, pearls, uh, you know, yeah. like we've seen it a million times now. And and Wonder Woman's has always been a little bit fuzzier. Yeah, it's too bad that Wonder Woman didn't get uh, an animated series with a couple seasons leading up to Justice League. Yeah, Cause almost, that would have been cool. Uh, I mean, it's not part of the DC animated universe, but there's been a separate Green Lantern series. There's like four separate Batman series, right? So right, um, right. that's, I mean, I like Batman, but that's... Batman has gotten his, his fair share, right? Um, it's it's time. There's for, a, there's a lot of Batman. Yeah, there's a lot of Batman. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it is it's fun seeing their interactions. I mean, it, to me, I always kind of think about the fact that like Batman is not a great team player, uh, and that's like kind of one of the takeaways of this episode is that like he is not good with other people, and right. he is a team player because he sees the value of the team, and that like in the, the context of the justice league, like he needs this team of superheroes to, to deal with all the threats to the earth and he'll, he'll build a space station for them and, and like, you know, make sure the spaceships are polished, but like, he's not good with people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's not, he's not a people person. No. That is for sure. He, that's, that's why I call him Batman, not people man, Dan. Uh, <laughs> Would people man be made of people? I have so many questions. Uh, there's probably a people man has a discarded, <laughs> discarded seventies <laughs> character. Um, <laughs> So, lame, yeah. super lame. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think we've covered uh, a lot, and we've we spent a lot of time. But this was three episodes, uh, so there was a bunch to say about all all the fun scenes throughout. So, Dan, if our listeners uh, are not already familiar with all of your uh, podcast activities, you've got a lot. Do you want to mention any particular ones right now, or perhaps a novel that people might purchase? <laughs> <laughs> ah, I would be delighted to mention my novel, The Caledonian Gambit, which is on sale now from your very fine uh, stores. And the, in, in fact. I don't know when this episode will come out, but the audiobook is imminent as well as we record this and may be out by the time that you hear this episode. Uh, so you can check that out as well. And of course, you can catch me on the currently running season of Not Playing with Lex and Dan, where we're watching a bunch of Star Wars movies and the uh, Speedier Arrowcast flashback episodes where we're covering season one of Arrow. So that's, uh, and I'm elsewhere on The Incomparable as well, but those are the, those are the highlights. Those are, those are the big ones. Well, I think yeah. we can uh, we can close down this session of Batman University. Thanks so much for being my guest on this podcast, Dan. It was great. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, can I get my parking validated somewhere? Yes, you can. Please see the person out at the front desk. It's also me. Uh, <laughs> goodbye, nerds. <laughs> it's a very small operation here at Batman University. <laughs> yeah, you really you really need some help. I got a lot of hats. All right. <laughs> In the next episode, Sam Einhorn and I discuss the animated movie, Mystery of the Batwoman.